Reach Point Racing Podcast. All you ever wanted to know about racehorse ownership and more. Go behind the scenes with me, Ilka Gansara Levesque, and get to know the stars of this wonderful sport of kings. Hi, everybody. This is Ilka and Steven from the Vantage Point Racing Club Podcast. We got a fully packed episode for you guys today. Uh, how you doing, Stephen? I'm well, thanks, uh, Ilka. I've been very busy over the last month interviewing artists all around the world. I know, I know. I'd like to keep you on your toes. So, yeah, today we got three artists lined up again in this episode um, from different parts of the globe. And uh, I hope the listeners enjoy it. And I hope the listeners come on Sunday, May 7th to see their art and purchase it. It'll all be available. Yes, Ilka. In this podcast, you'll be hearing me speak to Clive Dawson, Diana Cook, and Amanda Markell about uh, art and horse racing, because they're three of the artists that will be having their art displayed at St. Wendred's on May the 6th and May the 7th. Yes, yeah, so exciting. I hope uh, a lot of listeners come to this event and, and uh, enjoy it, because it's really going to be art that makes you feel good. And um, it'll be a great day out. Yeah, just before I start uh, asking you a few questions about what's been going on at St. Wendred's with regard to art and horse racing, what's news on Just Once, who's in foal to Golden Horn? Yeah, she's due to foal um, the first part of April because the last cover was May 5th. So uh, she's doing well. She's happy. Uh, she's in, in France at the minute. She's going to foal in France. And uh, we're just, uh, you know, the countdown is on. You never know with a first-time mare uh, when it's the first foal, you know, how if sometimes they over, they're they overdue and sometimes they're early. You just never know. Like certain mares, you kind of already can say this mare always goes a few days over. But here it's all um, it's all going to be a surprise and it's all going to be a surprise how she, uh, how she reacts to the foal because uh, they really don't know what's happening. So, um, yeah. Fingers crossed it all goes smoothly and uh, I'll get some nice videos out on social media about her. Well, let's hope everything goes smoothly. How are things going with art and horse racing as smoothly as, as hopefully just once is full? Yeah. Yeah. It's um, some of the art the, from America has started arriving. Uh, Terry Lindsay's box arrived the other day uh, full of beautiful things. And um, Peggy Judy's is in, uh, what is it there? It's always a pain to get things in here, like with customs and stuff. So it's just in the process of being cleared through customs. Um, Benedict is sending uh, something really large that I need to get framed over here so she can, you know, send it unframed, rolled up. The same thing, that's uh, what Terry did. She, I just brought her big painting of the winner's circle to um, to the framer here right outside of Cambridge. So I got a few things to do. Um, but most of the um, art, they, you know, they'll, it'll be delivered by the artists themselves, ready to be displayed. But I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm on it. That's Terry Lindsay from America. You were talking about that when you said Terry. Yes, exactly. Terry Lindsay from Vermont. Um, at it's called Tilting at Windmills Gallery, and she'll be on a guest on the episode eleven. So not on today's show, but next show. Yeah, that's right. I've not spoken to Terry yet. And you've got the banner as well. That's that's arrived. Yeah, the banner has arrived. That's actually one of her paintings that Stefan and I own ourselves. Uh, it's called whatever, Foles Soaking Up Vitamin D. It's a bunch of foals laying in the grass uh, 
was having a like nice little snooze and um i i got that turned you know that image turned into the banner that will be out on the hamilton road so if people that don't listen to the podcast and didn't read anything about this in the news uh, they'll be able to just pop in on may 7th on the day cuz everybody's welcome to come and have a look Talking of um, Stefan, your DIY man, is he being kept busy? Yeah, he. it's going to be, uh, we don't know what the weather is going to do. So uh, we, we're working on different installation forms and we have different ideas and it'll just have to, you know, it's not going to, we're not a gallery. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to be um, a way to show art that people have never seen before. And we're working on different indoor and outdoor options. Um, yeah, so. It's just for to think about for us on the run up to the weekend. How many artists in total have you got to having art exhibited at St. Wendry's? We got 13 artists lined up, the lucky number 13, and we'll have paintings in all kinds of media. So oil, uh, mixed media, acrylic, and then we'll have also uh, bronze sculptures of not just horses, uh, dogs and, and roosters and hares. And um, I think also we have some watercolor paintings. So it's a it's a great mix of of themes and styles and media. Anything else you'd like to add? No, I think the artists can do the talking for themselves. So just uh, like, share and follow, subscribe and talk, tell your friends about it. Everybody's welcome to come. Even if you're not a horse lover, there'll be something here for you. Well, I think it's about time then for our first guest today, Clive Dawson, who's a local artist from Cambridge. He deals mainly in acrylics and he's a racing fan. And this is what Clive had to say. Hello, Clive. Welcome to the Vantage Point Racing Club podcast, episode 10. Hello, Stephen. Thanks uh, for having me. Art and horse racing. Uh, What are your thoughts on Ilka's exhibition? Yeah, great. Uh, I'm I'm really excited by it, and I'm really I'm, I'm really keen to see how it how it pans out and how uh, uh, art in a stable. You know, I mean, lots of amazing things have happened in stables over the years, but um, this is the first time that I've been involved with a, an art exhibition in a racing stable. Quite unique, and you're a racing fan as well. I am. Yes. Yeah. I've I've been going to to Newmarket in particular. Um, for many years and Huntingdon and um, and and further afield as well. So, yeah, it's kind of a, a, a real dream for me, really, to be involved in things that are around horse racing. On such a special weekend as well, uh, 2000 Guineas yeah. Day. Oh, obviously, it, it, it couldn't be a bigger bigger date uh, in Newmarket. You said you're, you're local, you're, you're based in Cambridge. How did you first start in art? Um, well, I suppose first starting in art was obviously the uh, at school, but um, leaving school, real life gets in the way, and um, it sort of went off onto the back burner. But although I wasn't physically painting, I, I always felt that it was something I'd go back to. I mean, my my grandmother was a she was based in Huntstanton in North Norfolk, and she was a oil painter. So I think that's kind of what got me involved in the first place and then I did the the school route and it was not until probably about 15 years ago that I kind of got back into it and um, it steadily 
take and paste from there and uh, and the sort of style that I'm doing now in mostly in acrylics uh, has come forward since I, I met a guy called Hashim Akib, really, who was a, an artist in, uh, he's based in Essex. Yeah, I read, so you, you work mainly in acrylics? Yes, mainly. Um, heavy body acrylics I tend to use. I use a lot of paint, big brush, and um, it's it can be quite bold and, and take a few liberties with colour and and with texture and what have you. I, I kind of like that that sort of aspect of it. And I read that you look for expression, mood and atmosphere. Are they the sort of key words about your style of art? Yeah, I guess that that sums it up. I mean, really, um, it's it's a difficult one to say exactly. It, it's a, it's a it comes out it, your own uh, sort of way of life comes out in a painting. Strangely, it's like, even if you do a portrait, they always say that there's something of the painter in the in the actual portrait of someone else. So it's kind of a, a a weird thing that happens in that what you're thinking comes the way that that something happens in your mind is portrayed on the canvas, but uh, I, I look for, for for big marks and color, and get the, first off I get the ca- canvas covered in color, and then I start to make some alterations and bring some detail in. I'm never looking for an exact copy, whether I'm painting in front of the subject or painting from a photograph. I'm I'm never looking for that photographic reproduction. It's always something a little bit different. Well, it's certainly different. I've looked on your Instagram page, and there's there's such variety. And You're painting animals, uh, portraits we've got footballers yes we've got um uh buildings we've got scenes of cambridge uh there was christmas scenes so much variety yes yeah i mean the christmas scenes really have been commissions that i've done for for christmas cards um so they tend to be cambridge in the in the snow um footballers that that really came about through watching too much of the world cup on tv and i was I was painting footballers at the time. So, uh, you know, that was just an excuse to to be doing painting and watching the football. Yeah, because you did Jude Bellingham, Harry Kane, uh, Bukayo Saka. Yes. I've got loads, loads more that haven't made the Instagram page <laughs> as yet, but maybe they will at some point. And you're, you're also doing quite a few Cambridge scenes as well. Yes. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm... Um, born and bred Cambridge and um so and there's there's plenty of of places around Cambridge to paint and how do you go about doing those type of paintings do you do you sort of have a recce or what or how do you generally uh, what what I tend to do is is go out for a day with a camera have a wander around and and take lots of photographs and mostly I do paint in the studio from those photographs. I, I won't say that I don't go outside and do the en plein air painting because sometimes I do, but um, I'm, I'm one for a little bit more luxury and having everything around me. And well, so most of the, the work that I would put as a finished piece is, is done in the studio. And you also seem to paint to a moment as well, like you were saying about the World Cup, but you, you recently did a painting of 
John Motson, who, who sadly passed away That's right. a few weeks ago. Yes, and I mean that. Uh, I don't know it, whether it's whether you can say it's a tribute, um, but it kind of gives me a bit of a nudge and an excuse to. Often, when a, a celebrity or someone in the public eye does pass away, uh, I kind of feel like I want to do uh, just a, a quick sketchy portrait just to um, to reflect that. As an artist, are you always painting? Do you, do you ever stop, or is there something always <laughs> you're always thinking of the next one? Yeah, I, as I say, it's a strange thing in that you kind of you're painting in your head probably more than you're painting on canvas, if you know what I'm saying. There's, there's a lot of time spent thinking uh, about it and probably too much of procrastination, uh, but um, and, and it's quite a relief when you can actually get down to uh, putting it on on the canvas or. I mean, not everything that I paint is on canvas. Sometimes I, I do paint on a, a mount board, so it's a, a sort of a, a smaller piece. And that, like, like, lots of those um, portraits that you talk about there, they're, they're just small on mount board and just in, I just put in a little mount or whatever just to finish them off. Where have you had your work exhibited? Um, well, lots of places sort of locally, really. I mean, currently <laughs> I had some in the coffee shop in Sawtree, but uh, in in various locations around East Anglia in particular. Um, and it, it's quite nice to, um, to be doing something in Newmarket. I haven't done anything there for a while. Um, I had an exhibition there in, in Waitrose, as it was sort of pre-COVID times. Um, but I understand today that there is another little project that may see some more of my, of my work in Newmarket, but I can't tell you about that just at the moment because <laughs> I don't know the full detail. But, uh, but yeah, it does look like I'll, I'll have some more in Newmarket, but uh, we'll look forward to that. But uh, th this one in Ilkers Yard, I mean, obviously that's, you know, I'm buzzing to be involved with, with people from from the States and France and other parts of the UK. Um, it, it sounds like it's going to be great. Yeah, it's a real international sort of uh, array of artists over yeah, a weekend. I'm really yeah. looking forward to seeing how Ilka and Stefan, how they're going to present it. You know, and, and you will be there on May the 6th and May the 7th. In I will, yes. Yeah, I'll be there. I'm looking forward to it. Well, thank you very much uh, for joining me, uh, Clive, on... The Vantage Point Racing Club podcast, Probably. episode 10. Uh, I look forward to seeing you at Art and Horse Racing on yeah. May the 6th and May the 7th at St. Wendred's down the Hamilton Road in Newmarket. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. I hope to see lots of people there. You went to see Clive as well, uh, Ilka. Yeah, I went by his studio, um, which is right outside of Cambridge. Um, it's like right on the way to Elias Violin Lessons at Works. Um, and yeah, I saw some of the stuff and picked out some of the stuff. I told every artist 10 pieces max. And of course I went through there and he goes, Oh boy, that's more than 10. And I was like, yeah, now we have to, uh, whistle it down, but it's, um, it's, it's good stuff. Yeah. Well, that's one of the beauties of the art and horse racing exhibition. You've got Clive from Cambridge and we've got people from New York and Montana and all over the place. Yeah. Like, that's what I like is like. It's a small world out there, and um, let's get everybody together. One person who will be there on the day art and horse racing is your daughter, Elia, who's the, the queen of the Vantage Point Racing Club uh, merchandise. 
Yeah, she's developed a line of uh, merchandise for us. So go check it out. If you're familiar with Teespring, uh, it, you could like, I don't even know the link to it, but it's like Teespring, Elias Crafts at Teespring, something like that. Because she has she has a little business called Elias Crafts where she sells lucky horseshoes. And she also does, she's an avid sewer um, that, that, that can't really even be displayed, but she's starting to make her own clothes and stuff. So that's not really on her website, but she has an Etsy shop where she sells lucky horseshoes. So then she, she's a whiz um, at, on like creating stuff. So she, I said to her, make me a merchandise line for the vantage point racing club. And they, they do those fulfillment things where, you know, they, they print on order. So it's Elias crafts at Teespring. And, um, she's also started making resin hair clips and resin bookmarks and resin key rings, but it's all, it's not online yet. Maybe she'll have a few out on the day to show, but it's, um, pretty cool stuff. So if you want to get a coffee mug, go to Teespring and then put in Elias crafts and you'll see t-shirts and mugs and travel mugs and whatever you need. You've got a real entrepreneur in the family there, Ilka. Yes, she sure is. Yeah, if you Google Elias Crafts, you'll see that she also has an Etsy shop where she's made over 800 sales. So I'm I'm pretty proud of that. Um, try to buy her her first horse at the upcoming sales, maybe to put that money to work. And one more thing I wanted to mention is um, our, our sponsor of the podcast and um, a supplement that I use for all the horses at the stable is called Bone Care which is a vitamin, a combination of vitamin K and vitamin D. So it's a bone supplement. It comes in different forms uh, for dogs, for horses, and for humans. Um, A lot of the jockeys, anybody that is breaking bones, I always contact them. I'm like, here, put yourself on this. So um, Nick Schofield's been on it. Holly Doyle's on it with her elbow at the minute. It's called Bone Care. Um, The human one is called Bone Care Active. So, um, yeah, got to keep mentioning the guys at Bone Care. Thanks for supporting us and our horses. And, um, yeah, anybody get in touch if you have uh, bone issues. You don't just need to have broken bones, not just for broken bones, but it's for bone health. And vitamin D is so important, as everybody knows. Sounds like a very good product. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's very good. We should do an an episode on it one of these days. But I know we've got... um, the next guest waiting in the in the wings so let's get on with that one yes let's uh, hear the story of diana cook from upstate new york she's got a big racing connection as you'll find out in this interview with with her let's hear what she's got to say good morning diana in upstate new york delighted to talk to you about art and horse racing nice to see you stephen nice to meet you well, thank you. Uh, uh, what did you think when Ilka asked you if you wanted to be part of art and horse racing on May the 6th and May the 7th in Newmarket? Well, I was very flattered, of course. And uh, I I said, yes, absolutely. And I, I knew it was going to be a little bit of a challenge because I was um, I'm painting furiously to uh, get ready for the Petworth um, fine art and um, antique fair. But I thought, well, I've, I've got to do something for her. So uh, I'm going to hopefully have two paintings for her that I'll send. So is this the first time you will have exhibited in the UK? I know you worked in the UK before, didn't you? 
I did. Um, first time I've exhibited paintings over there, and it's a, a really wonderful opportunity for me. I'm just, I'm so thrilled. Well, we were speaking off air. It's quite a different or unique uh, to have horse art and art in a racing stable. It is. I think uh, her, Ilka's facility is really beautiful. So it, everything should look wonderful, I would think. Well, as, with I've, as, as I've done with the other artists, I'd like to talk to you about your art, um, how you started in, in art, your racing connections, and generally how much you're looking forward to art and horse racing. I know you grew up in Washington, D.C. and went to university, and you've also, as I said, worked in London, but there's lots of gaps to fill in. Can you let us know your art story, really? Um. Yes, I've uh, I've been an artist literally since I was a small child. I always uh, drew drew horses mostly, and uh, my parents were very supportive. And uh, art school was really uh, the way for me to go. So um, I had four years at Rhode Island School of Design, majored in illustration, and we had a Belgian friend uh, who was staying with us, a very old uh, family friend, and she had um, she was telling us about. Uh, the, a daughter of another friend's bars, um, another friend of ours, who had just finished uh, the Vander Kalen School in Brussels for faux finishes and trompe l'oeil. And I, something just clicked in me and I said, I have to go to that school. I have to go to that school. And I was working at a publishing house and I knew I really you know, didn't want to go that route. So a year later, I was at the school in Brussels, and it just changed my life completely. Uh, it was an amazing experience. Um, we learned traditional techniques, uh, and I was with students from all over Europe. Um, there were a couple Americans there, but uh, people were from everywhere. And I, I just uh, I had a career after that. And so I went to London. I wasn't ready to come back to the States. And I lived in London for a year and worked and uh, just had a had a wonderful time. And um, I, I was actually thinking I would stay there, but uh, I had a little bit of a love affair I had to get out of. So I came home and um, and then I just I had started working as a decorative painter um, and uh, I've lived in a variety of different places. I moved to Sun Valley, Idaho and uh, worked there for about seven years and then got married and moved uh, back to upstate New York, um, Dutchess County for a while. And I worked a lot in New York city in Boston. Um, and then, uh, ended up still in up, I'm still in upstate New York, but I went to Saratoga for a while and I really, uh, I, I was always working on my own art while doing client work, but, it was it was challenging because I would start something and then I'd get a job and I'd I'd go off and do my client work and and I'd kind of get derailed and never quite got back to where I wanted to be. So I, I ended up trying a lot of different uh, techniques, different materials, um, but hadn't really found my groove yet, so to say, you know, so to speak. And uh, so until really recently. Um, and uh, let's see, what else? I'm pretty much retired from decorative painting. It's, uh, it's you're doing lot mosaics of now. As well, aren't you? You're doing mosaics as well now. 
I well, I did that. Uh, those I don't I don't really do anymore. They um they were kind of toxic working with the, with the chemicals on the copper, and I did probably seven or eight of them, and they they sold very well. But I I was able to do them when I was at um at my other uh, house, and and uh, I had a very large studio there, and my studio is much much smaller now. So um, I really don't do those anymore. But but I I found um, I had a few years recently. I had sort of some you know some personal issues. My husband was sick uh, for a while and passed away, and so I had a lot of changes in my life going on, and hadn't really done a lot of work. And I rediscovered um, some half finished paintings and some sketchbooks that I had started maybe five or six years ago, and they really felt like, like me, you know, and I was um, kind of hesitant to, to go down that road and show a lot of people that kind of work. I thought maybe I didn't know how it was going to, it wasn't serious. It was like, you know, too whimsical, but I thought, you know, this is the mo- the work that feels the most true to me that I've ever done. And so I finished maybe five of the paintings that I'd started and they sold very quickly. Um, and I'm just having a ball. It's, uh, I'm sort of, it's taking it less seriously, I think. And, um, and I'm finding more joy in the work and I'm having a lot more fun. So. Well, your, your art certainly, uh, certainly very varied. And I was going to mention the whimsical because you, you also do flowers, racehorses. I want to talk about them as well a bit later, landscapes, but like you said about the whimsical ones, I love, I love the laundry day one that uh, I've seen on your website. That was, that was one of the ones that was half finished from five years ago. And uh, when I finished it, I loved it. And I felt so happy about it. And I felt happy uh, while I was painting it. And I, I sort of feel like uh, at this point in my life and going forward, I just want to do work that, that makes me feel good and that makes other people feel good. And do you think when you're doing that type of art which makes you feel good it, it makes you better as an artist as well it does i feel i feel it's more true to myself uh where where the my actual uh the way i naturally draw kind of comes out and um like like i, I can render things so that they look very realistic but i feel i don't feel like the that work that i do has a whole lot of soul and and I feel that the more, um, you know, when I can just kind of do a rough sketch and turn it into a painting that has a little bit of a story, it just it just feels more true, I guess, more true to myself. I love the two dogs who are tugging away at the bottom in the bottom left-hand corner. I'm a big dog fan. <laughs> yeah, there's that dog show painting you've done as well. That's that one as well. That was another one that that I had, uh, I did quite a while ago and it literally, I had it hidden in my studio and, um, I have, I'm selling more prints of that on Etsy than anything else so far. Talking about horse racing as we, as your art's going to be displayed in a horse racing yard, you, you've also got some connections with horse racing because Ilka said that your grandfather owned J.O. Tobin. He did. Um, George Pope, uh, was my grandfather, and he had a Derby winner, a um, Kentucky Derby winner in 1962 called Decidedly. 
And the following year, the year I was born, um, his horse Hill Rise lost by a nose to Native Dancer uh, in that same race. And then the next big horse he had was J.O. Tobin. And so when Ilka and I became friends, um, kind of through email and back and forth, I was telling her a little bit about, you know, my grandfather and his horses and stuff like that. And, and she said, um, she said, oh, did you know that, you know, Cliff Lines uh, lives down the road from me? And he, um, he was uh, one of the people that brought J.O. Tobin back and forth uh, from the UK to the States. And I said, really, that's kind of amazing. And um, I just thought that is really a small world department. And uh, so she said, um, well, uh, just recently, she said, oh, I forgot his, um, the, they have a B&B right down the road from us. So that's, I'm actually staying with Cliff Lines and his wife, Sue, when I go visit with Ilka. And I can't wait to to uh, talk to him about J.O. Tobin and, um, you know, all the sort of interesting stories he, I'm sure he has uh, that uh, I hope he'll share with me. Yeah, that's an amazing story. And for listeners, uh, J.O. Tobin was a top two-year-old in Great Britain in 1976 and then was the American Sprint Horse of the Year in 1978. You've also done some horse racing placemats haven't you with the ilka was uh, ilka likes i know i i did i did these um they were after some old uh sporting uh prints so you know sort of in a similar style but even like just in my more naive uh painting style and um i had them at uh um at terry you know from tilting at windmills uh at terry's had a used to have a uh uh, or started before she had tilting at windmill, she did um, a pop-up gallery called uh, Equidi during racing season. And so um, I met her at a big event in Saratoga, a fun, big fundraising event, and we just hit it off and we talked all night long. And And she told me that she was opening, doing this gallery and would I like to have some work there. So I, I showed them to her and and then that was sort of the start of our relationship and when she bought the tilting at windmills garrett gallery they um uh i started showing my work with her but uh yeah they they uh they were responsible for for a um, a very nice connection yeah i was going to ask where your work has been exhibited and one of them is tilting at windmills and i I must say that when ilka mentioned on one of the other podcasts how much she loved the name of tilting at windmills as as a as a gallery name I know, I know. It's, uh, yes, uh, so I, I met Ilka because uh, Ilka bought one of my very, very small, uh, I think it was maybe like six by six or something, tiny little painting. Um, and uh, and she bought it from, from Terry's gallery. And also, can you tell us a bit about the exhibition that you're coming over to the UK in May? Unfortunately, not going to be at Newmarket, but you are going to be in the UK in May. I, I am um, the Petworth uh, Fine Art and Antiques Show, and I'm going to be showing through um, my aunt's gallery, uh, Lucy Campbell Fine Art, and uh, one of my my biggest inspirations is the English artist Anna Pugh, 
whose work I absolutely love. And I actually have three of her pieces hanging on my studio walls and they are my most prized possessions. I just absolutely love them, love her work. And I'm very, very inspired um, by her. And I will have my art hanging next to hers, which is an unbelievable honor to me. Well, I hope that goes well for you. But how excited are you to be part of art and horse racing in, in Newmarket on May the 6th and May the 7th? I know that's it's a it's a great honor to be uh, to be included in that. And um, uh, I, I hope uh, I hope that Ilka has that puts that show on every year. It'd be great. Diana's got a painting for the exhibition called Got a Fly with the, the winner in the Vantage Point Racing Club Colours. Yeah, it's a great title, isn't it? And it's a great painting. So it's um, Vantage Point Racing Club Colours on the winner. And then it's uh, her grandfather's colours on the second horse. It's so detailed and fine. You really got to look. So I hope all the members come and um, somebody purchases it. But the title comes from, uh, she told me, I didn't know that the title Gotta Fly comes from the movie Sea Biscuit. Uh, have you seen that movie? Do you like it, Stephen? Have you seen yeah, it? Yeah, I have seen it. Yes, thank you. Yeah. So it's like uh, George Wolf says to Red Pollard something like, there's my hole, got to fly. And then he takes off. So that's how she came up with the title. And I think she's also working on a second uh, painting. And then um, she has an exhibition at the end of May, actually, at Petworth House. So um, so she kind of had to split up her art. But she painted this got to fly, especially for the exhibition, which is so great. Well, that should be popular in the Vantage Point Racing Club Colours. Oh, yeah, definitely. Newmarket, of course, coming alive now with the Craven Breeze-Up sales at Tattersalls between the 17th and the 19th of April and the Craven meeting, which starts on Tuesday, the 18th of April, the last meeting before the 2000 and 1000 Guineas meeting. Yeah, exactly. It has some important preps for the Guineas meeting at the Craven meeting. And of course, with the with the breeze up, it's always a great way to kick everything off because there'll be a, a Craven breeze up and then there's a Guineas breeze up and then there's the Guineas art and horse racing exhibition. So, yeah, it's a, it's an exciting time of year and the countdown is on. Our final guest for episode 10 of the Vantage Point Racing Club podcast is an equine and wildlife bronze artist, Amanda Markell from Montana in the United States. What attracted you to Amanda? Well, I came across one of the sculptures, which is a fox. And then it so reminded me of the, the fox at Tattersalls at the fountain. And then I just started looking into it. And well, you'll hear in the interview now, she does negative space. She does horse things and that wolf that is amazing. And we're going to have uh, some of her wine stoppers here to purchase because there'll be wine tasting as well at the event. So yeah, let's listen to what Amanda has to say. Hello, Amanda. Welcome to the Vantage Point Racing Club podcast, episode 10 from, from Montana. Hi, Stephen. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you for, for being on the podcast. One of the 13 guests that are going to be at the Art and Horse Racing exhibition on May the 6th and May the 7th in Newmarket. How did you find out about the exhibition and how did Ilka contact you? She she found me, actually. Um, 
I have a gallery in New York called Equus Gallery. And so she saw some of my sculptures there and loved them. So she reached out over email. Um, so this will actually be my first international show. And what do you know about Newmarket? Well, I so I actually grew up with horses and wanted to be a jockey when I was little. So Newmarket um, is where horses were, the racehorses were kind of created. So I'm really excited to have some of my pieces there. It's something I never would have even dreamed of. Yes, Newmarket is the home of horse racing. Now, in this short chat, I'd like to find out about you, your art and your style. We're going to find out about negative space and positive space. Uh, but how did how do you start art as a sculptor? You, you, you can imagine little girl drawing or painting, but how do you start being a sculptor? <laughs> that's a that's a great question. So it's actually kind of funny. I was um so I'm I'm one of four kids and my brother is 3 years older than me and so we spent a lot of time out in the backyard. We grew up and had 80 80 acres. Um so he and I would go out and play in the mud all the time and you know so mud pies developed into creatures and I was always just devastated when they would fall apart and so eventually my parents bought me some clay and had instructions on how to, I don't know, create a nativity set. But then I loved animals. And so I created like 20 different animals and all of their babies as well. And so my parents must've just looked at each other and they were like, oh, this is going to be a thing. Um, and so that, that was probably when I was, I don't know, six or seven. So I started a long time ago. And you're self-taught. I am. Yes. Yeah. It's just always something that I've loved and been extremely passionate about. Um, and so I've spent a lot of time studying animals and just putting in putting in the hours. Um, I have also been in the last couple of years, very grateful to have a couple of mentors who have kind of come alongside me and helped develop um, develop my eye and, and help me understand um, kind of the process a little bit better. But yes, primarily I have been self-taught, self-taught. And what was the lead up to becoming a full-time artist in 2022? Yeah. So when I moved to Montana from Colorado, I went through, there's a business program that's designed specifically for artists called Montana Entrepreneurship, but it's spelled A-R-T, so Entrepreneurship Program. Um, so I went through that and then kind of had a part-time, part-time artist, part-time random other things that I did for quite a few years. Um, and I guess originally I had started selling my work, um, after visiting an orphanage in, um, Africa. And so that's kind of when I started selling my work was to fundraise for them. Um, and then went through the business program and, um, kind of helped develop some of the, the entrepreneurial sides and understanding pricing and, um, different shows and networking and all of those types of things. And then, um, yeah. And then after, um, so they required you to do some mentorship hours with another person in your field. So at that point, that's when I started making the transfer to, um, bronze as opposed to just like an air dry clay. And I absolutely fell in love with it. And that's when I was able to start developing this style of negative space and having a lot more motion and doing larger, larger pieces. And, um, yeah. And so, you know, I, I, decided that that was really what I wanted to start doing and had some amazing people around to help encourage and support me. And um, so I made the leap last year. And so this actually this month marks my 
one year um, anniversary of being a full-time artist. So was it a bit scary when you first went out being an artist? Oh gosh, it's terrifying. <laughs> oh, there's no stability in in the amount of money that comes in whatsoever. But uh, if you can make it work, it's it's one of the most rewarding jobs I think there is. Well, your art has been internationally collected, uh, bronze sculptures, um, and you say that you're a storyteller. Uh, but you've got to tell us now about negative space and positive space and, and what they mean. Yeah. So the idea of negative and positive space, it basically describes. So positive space is when you're drawing something, it's it's the subject itself. And the negative space is the space that is in between or around it. So if you think of, you know, drawing a chair, it's the space in between the legs of the chair. Um, so I have actually started designing pieces that have negative space that goes inside of the piece. So I kind of think about the structure of an animal and the flow of the muscles, and then we'll have open air space that goes in between those that kind of adds, um, a lightness and a flow and movement inside of the piece rather than just around it. Because you don't just do horses, you do wildlife, don't you? I've seen you do wolves and owls. Correct. Yes. Yep. So I started with horses because obviously growing up with horses, I was obsessed with them and then um, have more recently moved into doing more wildlife and wolves and foxes are some of my favorite animals. But yeah, I'm branching out into lots of other things and it's always fun because I get to study the animals and learn about their characteristics and behaviors and unique facets about the animal themselves while I'm creating the piece, which is always really fun and interesting. Just returning to the negative and and the positive angle, you say on your website, without a negative, there isn't a positive. Can you just explain what you mean there? Yeah. So, you know, if you if you didn't have open space around something, everything would just be mashed together and very undefined. So the element of the storytelling that I incorporate into my pieces is actually it's kind of the same idea. So it's both with the physical positive positive and negative space where you have to have a subject and openness around it. But in uh, the storytelling and our emotional lives, I overlay that where in our own lives, we have, you know, wonderful, wonderful experiences that we go through. And we also have really challenging experiences that we go through and, and our wives are, our lives are just interwoven with these, you know, positive and negative experiences and how, you know, we really can't, we can't understand beauty unless we also know pain. And so it's kind of that, that overlay of both in the sculptures physically, as well as the overlay of the stories that I tell um, and the emotional things that we experience in our lives. It's kind of like we was kind of what we was talking about earlier. It's all about stories, isn't it? People like Mm -hmm. people coming back and things like that. Right. Absolutely. And, What's the starting point with a sculpture? Do you take photos? Do you do small pieces? How do you how do you start? So generally, I I'll start. Um, I have kind of I'll have an idea in my head and kind of sketch a couple of different ideas, you know, and figure out um, some of the different details that I would like. And then, oftentimes, if it's going to be if the end product is going to be a large piece, then I'll sculpt a couple of small ones and. Um, you know, so if I want to do a, a wolf, then I'll do a couple of different positions and figure out, you know, what's the most dynamic and how do I communicate the emotions and feelings that I'm wanting to into this particular story. 
And then after that, I'll start the large one, which generally will um, entail creating what's called a wire armature. And so I'll use metal piping and I'll fit them all together and, and then I'll thread these aluminum wires through the piping. And so that's going to basically allow me to create the bones of the sculpture before adding clay because the clay that I use is an oil-based clay so it never dries or hardens but that means it's not very structurally rigid as well so anytime you see you know any any part of the sculpture so a leg a tail a neck every part of it's going to have a piece of wire underneath the clay so I'll map it all out and make sure that you know I know where the joints are going to be and it's all proportional And then I start adding clay on the outside of that. And a lot of times the question I get is, do you start with a solid animal and then carve away the negative space? Or do you actually create it with the negative space to start with? Um, And with my pieces, I actually do create it with the negative space to start with. So if you think about um, someone that was doing a sketch, that's kind of how my the idea of doing negative space within sculpture started is I love to sketch and paint as well. And so that's kind of how I incorporate the things that I love about painting and sketching into sculpture is, you know, in, in painting, you have um, what's called lost edges where the, the, the subject can just kind of fade into the background and you don't see it anymore or the simplicity of a sketch you know, and you've just got simple lines that communicate the idea without like over detailing everything. Um, So I'll basically start with a sketch in clay. So it's the very minimal, the only, the only things that you really need to be able to understand the idea. And then I'll start filling in little bits here and there to understand, you know, more of the the movement and the details of the face and um, the expression and things like that. Measurements must be absolutely vital. You must know the anatomy of these you know, animals, horses very well. Yes. Yeah, it is. It's something that's very important to me, anatomy and proportions. It has been an interesting process, though, because to be able to get the anatomy correct, oftentimes you're measuring from one point to another. And since a lot of my pieces are negative space and they're not there, it's been interesting trying to figure out how do you how do you take measurements from places that only exist in your eye, <laughs> in your mind? Yeah, you should meet Ilka. She's a qualified vet. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I had the the pleasure of chatting with her for a little bit over Zoom as we were talking about the show. So she's she's really incredible, very multifaceted. And looking on your website, I I, I love the the wine stoppers. Um, I was asked to to mention them. And personally, I like I might get this pronunciation pronunciation wrong. The wolf intero and the horse aria. Yes. What what do you like about those pieces? They just capture me, really. I mean, if anyone goes on the website, you can you can see then the the negative space of of those sculptures. Uh, yeah, it's the it's the wolf one. I think I like the best of the of those two. Thank you. Yeah, that it's one was actually. Really. Yeah. yeah, they negative space is hard to explain. Um, Intero was actually the very first negative space piece that I that I did. Um, and he's on a turntable, so it's kind of fun because you can spin him around and see inside of him and all around. And you know, and that's also kind of an interesting overlay is so painters, you know, they will generally it's 2D, so they paint one side of something. Um, 3D artists obviously have to paint or they, you know, sculpt all the way around it. 
But then with the negative space, I actually also have to sculpt the inside, um, which is kind of an interesting overlay considering the fact that I tell stories about our emotional experiences as humans. And so I'm I'm telling the story, but I'm also having to sculpt the inside of the creature, which is kind of funny. And where have you had your art exhibited? Um, so throughout throughout the U.S. primarily, um, I've got a gallery in New York, Montana, Wyoming, Colorado. And on the 6th and 7th of May, you're going to have your art, uh, your sculptures um, exhibited in Newmarket. Yes, I am. I'm so thrilled. Sadly, you won't be with us on May the 6th or May the 7th for art and horse racing, but we will look forward to seeing the the bronze sculptures that uh, will be on display there. And uh, thank you very much for, for joining me on the Vantage Point Racing Club podcast, episode 10. Thank you so much, Stephen. And um, yeah, I hope everybody enjoys them. I would love to hear, love to hear thoughts and definitely check out my website. So we now know all about negative space. And and just to go back to the breeze up sales at Tattersall's, you will be going along, Ilka, and anyone is welcome to join you if they're interested. Yes, exactly. So the, the sales are right around the corner. Uh, it's always exciting. Uh, breeze up sales are always slightly different than the other types of sales. So if you are looking to get into horse racing or to buy a horse, you know, get in touch. All my details are on my website. And I'll be happy to go up there with you and um, pick your next winner. Talking about winners, less than six weeks to go now until art and horse racing at St. Wendrids. You must love the thought of it. Yeah, it's so exciting. And I hope it'll be well received by the public. And like I've been, you know, I've sent out invitations and made flyers. So yeah, I hope it's 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 gonna be a great event and um, a lot of happy faces. Well, this is episode 10. We've got more artists to hear from in episode 11. Final thoughts, Ilka? I can't wait to welcome everybody to Art and Horse Racing at my yard, St. Wendred's, artists and the public. So see you in May. Join the Vantage Point Racing Club today. Watch the horses that you put your money in run their race. Free racing tickets. Meet the horses and the team, including the jockey, trainer, physio, and everyone else. Come to open days and get a welcome gift. Get weekly updates on all the horses in the club. New to racing? Not to worry. You will learn all about it. Ask questions anytime. Tune into my month-to-month podcast featuring racehorse ownership, info, and more. All just for 20 pounds a month. We look forward to meeting you here at St. Wendrick's. If you love racing, come and share it. 